Hi, everybody, and welcome to the We Are So Sixy podcast, a podcast for sixes, those who love sixes, and those who hate them but are healthy enough to want to learn how to deal with them. Um, this is obviously the first episode that we're doing. It's just kind of going to be a brief overview of what to expect, getting to know me or host a little bit. Um, so we'll get into why I started this podcast. Um, my name is Devin. I don't know if I said that. Um, I, once I finally came to terms with the fact that I was a six, um, I was just ravenous for information um, just kind of wanting to understand my motivations and look back at choices that I've, that I've made or not made in my life and, um, just what I can learn about myself. Uh, it really came at a good time during this whole, uh, COVID-19 quarantine situation because I had, I had a lot more time on my hands initially. Um, and I really wanted to do something productive. And so I decided to, you know, kind of dive into working on myself and just self-improvement in general. Um, so I really wanted guidance and just a lot more information. And I feel like there, like I, I listened to every six podcasts that I could, but I couldn't always find enough information on the exact type of six that I am, and there's so many different types. Um, Just to introduce myself, I am a counterphobic social sexual six. Um, I am a mom and a stepmom of six, which I never thought in my wildest dreams would happen. Um, I thought maybe the most, uh, the highest amount of kids that I was going to have was going to be like three. Um, I am married to a nine, we just celebrated our third wedding universe, anniversary, well, anniversary, <laughs> and it has really been amazing. It's been challenging in all of the best ways. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's only been three years because when you go into a marriage having so many kids, custody situations with, with different exes, um, just so many parenting problems that you don't normally have until you've been married for a much longer time, like around 10 years. It really feels like it's been 10 years, so it blows our minds sometimes that it's only been three years. Um, To make things even more interesting, we are about to move into an RV full-time for traveling with all six of our kids, Uh, so that's really going to be interesting. but we're really excited about it. It's scary, um, but we're really excited. So my journey to learning that I was a six, um, my first experience with the Enneagram was actually in 2017. Um, my husband and I met on a dating app and we started talking and he, uh, is, was really into personality typology And so we were talking about the Enneagram and I was like, awesome. Like, I'd love to take a test. So he sent me this link. It was a terribly, terribly worded test. I would not recommend that test for anybody. If I can go back and find the test and put it in the show notes, um, I will do that. I recommend actually the Truity test. Um, That one I feel works so much better and it has a sliding scale. 
Um, so I, anyway, I took that test and I got the results, um, of a seven and just reading over it. I was like, mm, this is not me at all. This doesn't really sound anything like me. Um, and so my now husband sent me a link about twos and I was reading it and I thought, okay, I think this really sounds like me. It's a little eerie, like how much this sounds like me. Um, what I didn't realize was, uh, that, that, you know, diagnosis is that what you call it. I know we're not sick, but anyway, um, it was really based on where I was in my life and I was at the healthiest point of my entire life at that point. Um, I had gone through an incredibly difficult, um, divorce when I was seven months pregnant with our second child and my, um, my now ex-husband, he just didn't come home one day. Um, and I kind of had to start from the ground up. There was, there's no money in the divorce. I didn't have a car, nothing like that. Um, I had to start everything over again. Um, it was an incredibly empowering experience. Um, and it really changed my life for the better. I ended up, uh, it was a lot of work. I ended up becoming a CNA and when I was in the class, I knew I wanted to work in the emergency room. I had always been attracted to working in the emergency room, um, because I felt like it was incredibly practical and a type of medicine that I really gravitated to because of that. And so I would ask questions like, oh, well, like, what if we're working in a hospital? What are we going to do? What if we're working, you know, specifically in the emergency room? What are we going to do? And they would say things like, oh, well, CNAs don't work in the hospital. Um, so you don't really need to worry about that. You just need to worry about things like for home health care and nursing homes. And I was like, haha, watch me. So I went and after I took the class, it was an expedited class. Um, I took the test before anybody else in my class. I got, I paid to get my results faster than anyone, anybody in the class. And I, um, applied for only one job and it was as something called a psych tech in the emergency room. Uh, it's basically an on-call position. Um, you can get a call depending on if you're signed up for a day or, um, night shifts. Um, you can get a call at like two in the morning, um, which would happen often. And I would like wake my two kids up, take them to daycare and, and have half an hour from when the time they called me to get to the hospital. Um, and you would, you would work for psych patients and you'd be there for, um, up to 12 hours, depending on how long they needed you for. And basically you would sit with um, these people that were classified as psych patients, but it actually casts a pretty big net. It includes everything from suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, psychotic breaks of different types, um, eating disorders, uh, drunken disorderly, um, drug overdoses, Alzheimer's patients occasionally. Um, and so I would be with these people at the absolute lowest points of their life. And I had just gone through this amazing, empowering experience. And so it, I was able to connect to them in such a wonderful way. And it was so good for me. It was so good for them. Um, 
And looking back now, knowing that I'm a six, um, it's clear why I thrived so much um, in that job. For one, um, it was mostly the atmosphere where I was working. Um, I had amazing support staff. I had really amazing superiors, coworkers. Um, I got recognition when I would do things right. I got lots of encouragement, lots of advice. Um, I would have doctors pull me in to assist on um, lumbar punctures, like all kinds of crazy cool things. Um, they really trusted me. I really trusted them. Um, honestly, a lot of these patients were so dangerous that you were trusting your coworkers with your life. Um, and so this was the time that I was taking that test and it, you know, seemed pretty obvious to me that I was a two. Um, because I just loved serving others, taking care of others. Um, and I was so healthy at that point. I didn't think that it could be anything differently, anything different. Um, but then things changed when I became a stepmom and I really didn't handle it well. Um, I went from a single working mom of two kids working, you know, up to 80 hours a week, um, to you know, having to quit my job, move to a different state, um, become a step parent. <laughs> and it was so, so much harder than I ever could have imagined. I'm grateful that I didn't know how hard it was going to be, um, because maybe I wouldn't have done it and my life, I would have missed out on so many amazing things that I have. I would have missed out on my husband and he has definitely been so worth it. Um, but I did not handle being a stepmom well, and we kind of theorized that I was just a two that was going to an eight um, in a time of stress. Uh, as time went by, though, we started to think maybe I was a one with a two wing um, because I had this very sometimes seemingly obsessive um, fixation on right and wrong. And, you know, people can't be allowed to get away with things that they do that are wrong. And I can't believe someone would do that. I can't believe you would allow them to do that. Different things like that. Um, finally, this year, um, 2020, was when I decided to look into it again. I started taking a bunch of tests. I watched countless um, YouTube videos, listened to so many podcasts, uh, got a bunch of books and read through them to get as much information as I could to make the decision. Um, I, I, I was really struggling. There were so many types that I thought I was that I identified with and then kind of realizing I wasn't that type was a little bit difficult. Um, I, I thought maybe I was an eight um, because I can be very assertive, very pushy, sometimes appearing even obstinate um, kind of in your face. Uh, and I was in an eight group for a while and realized I was definitely not an eight. Um, I've noticed that eights, they tend to at least maybe more unhealthy eights or just people at average levels that are eights. They tend to not be able to read the room super well and sometimes push way past where people are comfortable and just kind of dig themselves into a hole because they can't 
figure out what other people are feeling and that they just aren't going to be receptive to what they're saying or doing anymore. Um, and I, I definitely didn't relate to that. Um, so the more that I took tests, it pretty much always came out as some combination of four, six, and one. Um, sometimes six would be the highest, sometimes four would be the highest, but always four, six, and one were right around the same amount. Uh, so reading up about all those things, I was like, oh man, I really, I feel like I'm a one in so many ways. Like, I feel like I have an internal critic. Um, I, I really have this fixation on right and wrong. People will say a lot of things about ones being organized and really caring about cleanliness. And I was like, man, this really, really sounds like me. And I'd even read all the like one memes and it really just felt like me. Um, but there were so many, so many things about me that were very six ish and I couldn't quite let go of that. Um, it seemed like for a while, you know, I thought maybe I'm a four and then a six and a one, like in that order in my tri-type because maybe I'm just a little bit more of a four. There were so many, so many things about fours that resonate with me. I have a really close friend who is a four. She's amazing. And we have so much in common. Um, and I relate to her so much. Um, being in a group with a bunch of fours on social media, I related so much to the things that they were thinking I and feeling. Um, I've always felt and struggled with um, that something like something was just wrong with me. Something was defective. And like, no matter what I did or how hard I tried to make things like to just to have the relationships that I wanted with people and to have, you know, to get what I wanted from them. Um, I just, for whatever reason, something was wrong with me and I couldn't have these relationships with people like I wanted to. Um, and I always had this really strong desire to be different from others. Um, and when I was put in a, a situation where the thing that made me different was no longer different, I would really struggle with that. Um, I'm really, I have a ton of feelings. I, uh, I can admit that I'm a very emotional person. Um, and they call fours the deep diver, deep divers. And I really resonate with that. Like every, everything about me really resonates with deep diving, always wanting to get into the why, the how of everything. And especially like, uh, one-on-one -on -one with other people really getting frustrated with small talk and wanting to have deep, meaningful interactions and conversations. Um, finally, I, I think my first, oh crap moment when I realized that I might actually be a six was, um, there's this guy, Dr. Tom LeHue, I believe is his name. Um, he has videos on YouTube and I watched his videos about sixes and <laughs> I, I was out running errands and I texted my husband and I was like, all right, I give up. I'm a six. Like I have to be, um, this stuff just sounds too spot on, but I really, <laughs> I really didn't want to be a six. So I kept going back to the drawing board, 
thinking, you know, like maybe I'll just like, I think I'll just settle on being a four. That makes the most sense. And it hurts a lot. Um, the way that it should, when you find out your type, uh, but it's something that I can live with. I felt like I couldn't live with being a six. Um, and people would tell me, you know, just take a step back. And, you know, when I was struggling to find my type, I had to take a step back. I had to just kind of leave it alone for a while, come back to it later. And then I was able to get some clarity and I can't let things go. I can't do that. Like once I've started obsessing about it and someone says like, well, why don't you just take a break? Like take a breather. No, mm, mm -mm. I cringe really hard at that. And I just, I, especially if it's someone that knows me and I just look at them and I'm like, do you know me at all? You want me to let it go that I can't do that. I'm going to obsess about it more because obviously that's going to be super productive. Um, so why was it so hard to accept being a six? Besides all the reasons that I already listed, um, I have the hardest time accepting that um, I'm motivated by fear and that I'm afraid. Uh, I feel like I have the proper amount of awareness more so than fear. Um, I constantly find myself marveling at the fact that other people are so like just woefully unprepared for pretty much everything and people don't think about things in depth as much as I do. Um, and so to me, it's more awareness more than it is fear. Uh, so that really didn't sit well with me. Um, the sixes that I have known didn't seem anything like me. Um, I've known people that are, you know, phobic self-preservation sixes and we could not be any more different if we were different types. Um, it's pretty much impossible. And so I would just think I'm nothing like these people. And like, I just don't feel like I fit in anywhere. <laughs> and that's like more of like the, oh, maybe I'm a four kind of thing coming in. Um, and then there are all these things talking about people um, in the media, like on TV shows that are sixes and political figures, historical figures um, that have all been sixes. And I'm just reading through this and I'm thinking, I don't really like any of these people. I can't, I can't accept that I'm a six if I don't like anybody that's a six. Um, it's also, understandably, it's brought up a lot of pain and sometimes maybe even denial. Um, because a lot of my sickness feels really genetic. Um, we're almost entirely certain that my mom is a six. Um, I suspect my grandmother is also a six. And looking back, I feel like I was always going to be a six. Um, and the type of six that I was going to be is something that kind of developed over time. But I, it seems like it was just inevitable. I, I remember, like, I think back to just being really little and watching movies or TV shows, like maybe that my older siblings were watching or friends were watching. And, you know, it would be like one of those bank heist scenarios where, you know, people come in with guns and they're holding hostages and people would be going crazy, freaking out, screaming, crying. And I, I remember being so young and just sitting there thinking like, why are you doing this? This is so stupid. That's not going to work. 
for one, all that's going to happen is you're going to do something stupid because you're freaking out so much and it's probably going to get you killed. Or you're going to be freaking out so much you're going to piss off the people with guns and they're going to shoot you anyway. And in what way was that efficient? In what way is that getting you what you want? Just calm down and think of a plan. Um, or, you know, say it was something like um, my mom would be coming home from work. And I would know what time she was supposed to be getting home. And maybe there was a lot of traffic. We lived around Philadelphia, so traffic would be a big thing. Um, and she'd get home sometimes, you know, maybe it was like an hour late. And I would have this, like, it wasn't panicky at all. But I would have these thoughts like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to hear anybody come through the door. It's just going to be like, there's going to be a knock at the door. I'm going to go answer it. It's going to be a policeman. They're going to tell me my mom was in a car accident. She's dead. Um, I just, I'm going to be prepared for that. So it's like, it's not going to come as a surprise later and I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Um, it's going to be really hard, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And <laughs> apparently this isn't a normal thing that everybody does. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a big indicator there. Um, the final thing was hearing from so many different podcasts um, and people that, uh, that apparently sixes make up like 50% of the population. And I hated that so much. It's one of the worst things you can say to somebody. Um, just like, oh, (laughs) you're not special. You're like everybody else. Um, so good luck, you know, dealing with that. I, uh, but thinking about it more, it kind of makes sense. There are so many different variations within the classification of six. And it kind of makes sense how 50% of us could be sixes because we're all so different. Um, Sometimes it does kind of feel like sixes are like the catch-all for everybody that they they couldn't classify in within the other types of the Enneagram. And so it's like, all right, we're going to come up with this like counterphobic and phobic and we're going to have all these subtypes and stances and all of these things so that anybody that can't fit into any of the other numbers, they'll be able to fit into a six. Um, but really, I think most likely it's just that there's so many different versions of sixes uh, and that's why we make up so much of the population. So um, that's going to be it, I think, for this episode. Um, if you're still here, thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, feel free to contact me. Um, the podcast has an email address. It is wearesosixy at gmail.com. So W-E-R-E-S-O-S-I-X-Y at gmail.com. Uh, it's driving me crazy that I can't have the apostrophe in we're, but apparently being neurotic and controlling is not a disability that Google caters to currently. So that's going to be what the email address is. Please contact me. Let me know things that you want to hear on the podcast. I really want as many different types of sixes to feel included and understood as much as possible. Um, and let you know that whatever weird kind of six that you are, you aren't alone. Um, so yeah, contact me, give me feedback, um, send me ideas for future podcast episodes. Um, 
it would all be great. All right, guys, thanks for listening. This has been Devin with the We Are So Sixy podcast. Have a good night, guys. Bye.